Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi everyone, Ioni here and I'm so excited to be presenting a brand new two-part limited series of our podcast The Skin You're In Exploring Modern Identity. Made in collaboration with Monkey, The Skin You're In explores what it means to be alive today and the biggest issues affecting our generation. For these two episodes we will be coming to you from our live podcast sessions in Sheffield and in London and we're talking about coming back together and how the world has changed post-pandemic for better and for worse. In our first episode, we are in Sheffield and we are speaking to Ben Peachy, the activist, and Melanie Lemon, the photographer. So, here's the episode. Welcome to the Polyester Podcast. This is a limited series that we're doing in the collaboration with Monkey. It's called The Skin You're In. We're doing one here in Sheffield and one in Carnaby Street in London, focusing on coming back together post-COVID, even though COVID's not really gone yet. But kind of like post-restriction lifting, I was really adamant as part of the polyester team that if we were going to do live events, that we did one in the north. And I think that it's... <laughs> and I think it's very important to recognise how different the north of England is to the south of England. And I'm saying that as a Welsh person, so I clearly care quite a lot. <laughs> but let's um, start off by getting our beautiful, gorgeous, fabulous guests to introduce themselves and what they do. Um, hi, I'm Melanie Lemon. It's not spelled like my Instagram, actually, but it sounds like it. So I'm a photographer and I'm a creative. And I actually only just moved here, like, in January. (laughs) Are you enjoying it? I love it. Well, good. (laughs) Hello, everyone. My name is Ben Peachy. My pronouns are they, them, if you did not know. What don't I do? I'm a writer, presenter, speaker, host. I'm soon to be on Countdown. Once Rachel Riley... I'm joking, but it's my dream. <laughs> I would be the first dyslexic letter person on Countdown. They're like, seven. I'm like, I got 12. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I'm like one of those awful multi-hyphenates. I've got a book coming out next year. Um, and I'm humble. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess to kick things off, like I already started speaking about, I feel like there was a massive divide in the country where it was more seen during COVID, like especially being in Manchester and seeing how Andy Burnham handled things um how did you think that it affected the change in the country 
um, I literally hid in the countryside to avoid everything. <laughs> so like I lived really, really rural. So it felt like we had the plague. Like everyone was like <laughs> 25 foot from each other. People in the village in like full hazmat. Like, I in swear, the, <laughs> the parish council babes out in hazmat. So I was like, oh my God, am I going to die? Is this, is this contagion? Am I Gwyneth Paltrow? So like it was really, really weird. And now it's like, there's nothing going on. It's really, really strange. Like a big disconnect. Yeah. What about you, Melanie? Um, well, I, I just moved here not that long ago. So the, the first year, I guess, <laughs> of COVID, uh, I lived in Lewisham in London, which was like COVID central. It was, it, was, it was quite different coming here and kind of being able to relax um, with COVID. Not, 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 not me having COVID, <laughs> but as in like, <laughs> you know, just with the situation, we were able to, you know, just take a breather and actually go on walks and stuff and not have to worry about there being too many people around. Whereas in London, it was more like you're really stepping on each other's throats just to like, you know, just get five minutes in the park. Were you planning on moving here anyway? Or do you think COVID kind of influenced that decision? Um, we actually <laughs> uh we were going to move to manchester and then we went to manchester and didn't like it <laughs> how can that be true you clearly didn't see me on the streets there then <laughs> so we decided on a day where we actually went to see the flats in manchester that we are going to come to sheffield and we booked flats viewings and yeah signed a contract and moved here straight away so why are you such a hater (laughs) (laughs) i just felt a bit like manchester was a bit more of a gentrified london yeah it's like a mini london i think yeah and that's exactly what we didn't want we avoided um, coming up north yeah yeah thanks for that Um, I think for me I really blossomed creatively during lockdown I was very blessed I um, had I quit a job just before lockdown got another job and then they rung me the day of lockdown and said no job for you and I went oh (laughs) thank you Um, but it it led to this it led to me being here and I'm very very blessed Um, how did you think that your creativity fit in lockdown do you think that it helped or do you think that it hindered I'm kind of like you like before COVID I worked retail I was a shop girl like absolutely I was terrible I was terrible at it like um, I did not do a good job and then got made redundant for that when then I was moving to London I had a PR job lined up I got the job and then that job disappeared because of COVID. And then um, from like March to May, I cried in bed. Like I just did not know what to do. And then the COVID pivot, as I like to call it, it's gross. I'm really sorry about that. But it meant that brands that would only work with London talent were suddenly like, you're cheaper. Hi, gay. (laughs) And suddenly (laughs) I was booking jobs and like I didn't plan any of it. And it just started and I was just like this is one of those moments I had like a spotlight on me I was like I either do it or I'm never gonna do anything ever again and I just ran with it and so like there was so much more impetus to do it because I had so to do like there was nothing else at home so I was like well I'll just do it and it just happened I wouldn't say I felt more creative I just had more free time but look where I am today yay take a look at me now <laughs> what about you Melanie um 
I I definitely got a bit more creative during lockdown. I had a lot more free time. Um but to be fair, it wasn't really that much of a difference. Um being in lockdown or not because um regardless as a freelancer, you are going to struggle. <laughs> so yeah, that was it. Um I I guess the only transition I really made is becoming what people refer as as an influencer (laughs) um just because I had basically my plan in lockdown I was so bored I had all the equipments at home I couldn't shoot anyone I just thought okay I might as well just I I do self-portraits anyways I might as well capitalize on this because I really needed money so that's how I eventually got signed to an agency and then start working there and then grew into what now is an influencer but I I always say I'm a photographer before I am an influencer yeah I've got a similar thing with writing where I'm always like I am a writer that's my like nine to five same like I'm an accidental influencer I say writer first but like I just can't help that people are obsessed with me do you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) I fully understand I think as well what's been really weird about coming back to reality after creating a job that's working from home is everyone else going back to life and it kind of feels like you're a bit stunted like you're being left behind have you felt that at all um yeah like I had to buy a car because honestly I felt like I couldn't leave the house it was so like like, I called it anxiety like there was a point where I was like I don't want to go and then I was like no I think I actually have to start saying yes because like I was turning loads of like PR like the one thing I turned down you can all be witness to this that everyone's talking about Jamie Amazon Prime premiere the pink carpet I got invited and I said no. Oh. I could have stood next to Bimini Bamboulash. You will one day. I know I will one day, but I regret that. <laughs> so like, I think I've, I've like taken myself out of what I want and now I'm just like, do it. Because otherwise I won't. Yeah, I think part of it as well as being like a marginalized body, like as like a plus size woman, like I've gained a lot of weight over lockdown and it feels really intimidating to go back to life, being bigger and being like having to to process not being on my own all the time and when I'm on my own I'm so comfortable with my body but when you're out in the world you're you're very much more aware of the eyes on you I think now a hundred percent like I think through lockdown like I was able to just practice makeup practice makeup so like I'm 10,000 times more femme than I was and for 18 months I didn't witness or experience any hate crimes and the first time I go to London slap bang in my face I am having to deal with so much hate and it's just like I really like that part of lockdown not having to deal with people it's not that you're all not lovely it's just that it's like a very small amount of people that just want to ruin your life thanks for that yeah I mean for me it was um I'd say when the restrictions lifted it was constant working non-stop and I guess going from doing nothing to working literally sometimes two jobs a day is so exhausting and then what hit me even harder was (laughs) once all the companies ran out of budget (laughs) (laughs) there was no work anymore Mm. it was just dead like um this year I guess August was dead after pride <laughs> august was crickets i had an <laughs> like it was horrible but also october is like a struggle actually because we're waiting for those christmas budgets yeah. like if you mm-hmm. are a brand and you do have money please email me thank yeah. you <laughs> if you're listening to this my email is <laughs> i agree <laughs> my phone number <laughs> my agents are waiting and i guess it's kind of this like um 
you know, before COVID, it was like, okay, we kind of know what's going to happen. We can predict the future. And now it's like, if you don't work when there is work, you are going to starve. And yeah, I mean, I've turned down so many jobs when it was like um, super busy. And now I'm kind of regretting it. And I'm I'm in this weird space where I'm like, I shouldn't be regretting it because I was really tired and I was really overworked. And now I'm like, ooh. I feel like that is going to happen again, though, with people like when I got rejected from that job, then they rang me again halfway through lockdown and went, they were, they're a fast fashion brand who I shan't name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and went, we've sold loads of joggers and loads of face masks. Would you like a job? And I went, <laughs> I went back for one day and I went, it's not for me. I've got used to doing what I'm actually really passionate about, which is writing and not selling uh, mass paid shite. <laughs> but it's hard to like, you, you start being more protective of your work as well, I think. And like, because we've, we've garnered it in a time where it's been like a sole focus as well. Yeah, I think like our creativity, or at least mine has like bloomed. Definitely. I think as, but now like life is going back to reality. We've kind of touched on this already. Do you think it's getting harder for creativity then or creatives, especially in like the work field? I never run out of ideas, <laughs> but I run out of budget. <laughs> so that's been my main problem is that like I have so many ideas and I am not able to kind of, uh like execute them because you know i'm not getting the jobs <laughs> to fund my projects i guess in a way like kind of the job market's been saturated as well because there's so many people who have tried to i know so many people who have been like i'm going to be an influencer now i'm going to sign my hand at writing and there's only so much space for people that it kind of gets hard that the jobs are being diluted have you struggled at all with that yeah absolutely because now every other person can absolutely do the same thing as you and I also have found that that has meant that some of the briefs that we've been getting are a lot lot safer because clients either don't have as much money as they did or what they've got they want a surefire return on so the briefs are smaller less inspiring and like let's be honest you're never not going to see an influencer smiling on your phone but those briefs when we get them through they're not that fun and you have to like really force yourself and I sometimes feel that I've noticed brands have felt that I'm too much we've had to scale things back or I can't bring myself fully because that's not going to get signed off but also everyone can do what we can do so how do you position yourself to be the best or the the biggest salesperson and for me I got very much caught up in that I was like how do I how do I beat myself how do I beat everyone else and I was like do you know what? Let's go back to basics and start doing what makes you happy. And I'm actually finding more joy in just making sure that I put my feelings first in the job and then it always comes out right because I, I wanted it that way, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's such like a hard thing having to sell yourself and like your passions. Like you can't just be like, oh, I'm really good at this. Look at my work. You kind of have to put in that pitch that that salesman air, just like being on The Apprentice <laughs> when they've all got the mad CVs. But how how do you, you deal with maybe an anxiety then of feeling that you are not the best person for a job? Um, how does anyone deal with that? I don't think we do. Um, I do. Of, <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. Please, for the end of this, just go to Tina for self-confidence. <laughs> I... I have to be honest with you, and I know this isn't a helpful answer for, you know, people just starting out, but being signed by my agent this year, having a team of people that are obsessed with me and what I can do 
is incredible. There's a team of people that are always believing in me, always putting me first. Shout out to the amazing angels at the tape agency. I, I couldn't do it without them. And I think if I didn't have them, I would have stopped. I don't think I could have that belief anymore because I, I look, I wake up and I look at my phone and I feel shit. I feel like everyone else is being noticed. I feel like my work is terrible and I don't have that belief and I, I don't have an answer. I'm still working through that anxiety. I'm sorry. But that's a really, that is helpful in a way because so many people will feel like that everyone else isn't feeling that way or everyone else has got an answer to working through it. And I think it's so much more important to be realistic about our struggles than to pretend that everything's groovy all the time. Sometimes it's just not groovy. Yeah, the best advice I saw is like for the first 20, 30 minutes of your day, don't look at your phone. And like it really, like I know that's awful and I know it's really difficult and I hate that it works, but it, it changes your day because you don't see anyone else before you see you. Like you're going to look at yourself in the mirror first before you see some crap Thinfluencer. That's Thinfluencer copyright, Ben Peachy. <laughs> like peddling some sort of like drink or crap I don't want. And like I've really tried to switch off from it, but it's so hard. I'm on my phone all the time. I've turned off all my notifications so I can go on my phone and play Farmer Hero Saga. And... <laughs> And I don't have all the pop-ups. And even like when you post something and you're looking at how many likes it's getting repeatedly, it can be so like worrying because you're always not only comparing it to other people, but comparing it to yourself and your past statistics. And it's so hard to live by what a number on an app is trying to tell you your worth is, I guess. Yeah, I just I, I just do TikTok <laughs> because <laughs> no one knows what my TikTok is. And I can be my true authentic self on there and no one's there to judge me because no one follows me oh yeah i'm always being like a freak on tiktok and tagging people in things and being like if i got caught tagging someone in this yeah, i haven't monetized tiktok either so that's like my between tiktok and twitter they're my safe places because i don't have to be professional for anyone so like those i think i can still enjoy them so thank god tiktok still exists yeah it, it has really helped me this year with um kind of just less curation and to just kind of I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Be more me, if that makes sense. And literally, like, if you end up on the right side of TikTok, which is queer, um, <laughs> everyone's super nice and you will get really nice comments. But if you end up on the other side... <laughs> <laughs> that's my reaction to the other side of tiktok yeah the straight side i also think though that's probably been why there's been a rise in the finster a rise in people like having their close friends and it's just them being weirdos like the dumps yeah the photo dumps that's like i feel like everyone's just getting exhausted with the internet but then with people whose jobs are the internet how how do you balance that TikToks? <laughs> <laughs> well it's it's difficult and there's two approaches First of all, you can go balls to the wall. I don't give a shit about anyone or anything. Second of all, you can go, okay, kids, it's a job. Let's have cut-off periods. Let's treat it like editorials. Like, magazines work months and months in ahead. I work months and months in ahead. Like, I already know what November and early December's content looks like because it's been shot, written, scheduled. And I don't need to look at that again. And it's like, I always say it's like live TV. There's a 20-second cut-off in case Joan Rivers says cunt. And I, <laughs> I can do that. I can do that with my content because by the time it goes live, I don't remember it anymore. And it's not as personal. And then when you feel like being spontaneous, it's in the moment, it's for you, it's special. And like that spontaneous content does much better than the planned stuff. But it's it's about the balance, I think. Yeah, it's so important as addressing it as a job. And I think that's especially difficult with something that you're passionate about to draw, draw the line in the sand and be like, these are my working hours. The rest of the hours I'm just pissing about. No, absolutely. Because I think, you know, I don't work in finance. I don't get to go home. This is my job. This pays my bills. And Instagram used to be fun. I used to be on there because I loved it. And now I have to be professional. I have to be polished. I have to reply to comments and not destroy people's lives. I have to (laughs) deal with death threats. I have to deal with intrusive behavior. I have to deal with people expecting me to tell them exactly where all my makeup is from. And it's just like, do you know what? Boundaries has been so good for me. Like I actually had to put boundaries up at the start of the year so people would leave me alone. And I think, yeah, if you are using it as a professional, even if you've only made like 25 quid on there, it's a job now. So treat it like a job, clock out. So after eight o'clock, I'm not there. And if I'm there, tell me to go to bed. <laughs> Do you have a finster? Um, no comment. <laughs> Can I get it after the... Absolutely not. <laughs> it's a very different side of social media. I will see you later, boys. <laughs> I've not succumbed to the finster yet. I only recently got close friends because I was so oversharing online. Like I was just putting everything on my regular. And then, <laughs> this is embarrassing, but when Gemma Collins followed me, she then asked me if I was okay. <laughs> She's like, is everything all right? I was like, oh no. If no. Gemma, if, if, if Gemma checks in with you, you know things yeah. are going. I bought a dress off Gemma during lockdown. Um, on a on, Depop? On Depop, absolutely. It's lovely. New with tags. It fits amazing. It's I love it. Gorge, I'll let her know. Yeah, please do. <laughs> Thanks, Gemma. Have you got a finster, Melanie? Um, no. Um, my girlfriend and I share a cat account <gasps> for our That's cat. That's even better. And um, we get to live our straight male fantasy on there. Because <laughs> he's, he's quite a, you know, a handsome little boy. Is he a himbo? He, he loves his ladies. <laughs> cool, well... I guess it's time to open up to some audience questions. If anyone has anything they would like to say, I hope that you do. 
we've got a microphone as well, so you can feel like a special, important like that Oprah person. moment. The Oprah moment. You get a car. Check under your chairs. <laughs> Do you know that that was a scam? So I saw this on TikTok about <laughs> so the, the you get a car, you get a car. In America, there is something oh, called yes. gift tax. Gift tax. So if you got given a car, you had to pay like $8,000. And if you didn't want to take it, you got a cash equivalent, but you still had to pay tax on that. So Oprah giving you a car is not a good thing. Yeah. Thank God for and being And it, it was publicity for the car company as yeah, well. Absolutely. She just got given them, and she got a tax write off for it. So Oprah, although we do stand, shady. <laughs> Nothing is what you think it so is. If, if, <laughs> if at the end of the night Gina offers you a car, don't say yes. <laughs> I've been rumbled, yeah. <laughs> cool. So if we've got any audience questions, Ioni's holding the microphone. Hello. Yeah, it's working. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll start. Melanie, before you went up, we were kind of talking about like changing creative communities from like uh, real, real life, whatever, like in person to online. Like, do you think, like what are the positive and negatives to that, I suppose? And especially moving to a new place, like have you sought out a kind of creative community here or is it just all online for you now okay first question the online and the in real life stuff I think like um experiencing the online world is very positive to a certain extent where you get to meet loads of new people <laughs> loads um but it has, for me, created kind of like this social anxiety where I'm like, I don't want to meet anyone in real life. Can we just talk online? So yeah, that's that's been like the, the big part. But um, I have this conversation quite a lot, but I really love the new generation, the Gen Zs. Like they really know what the hell they're doing. And I really take on like their brains because I'm a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> And their kind of online activism and how how smart they are with it, you know, like K-pop fans like raiding um, Trump's like rally is so smart, something that I could never think of. And I guess something like that really forms throughout like the years growing up with social media. But yeah, as I said, um, everything online is not real life. As much as you think you know someone online. You know, I've I've met a lot of people who are not the same um, in real life. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> I'm awful. <laughs> um, and then to the second question, what was that again? Uh, moving here. Yeah, changing community of moving. Oh, yeah. I, I have no friends here. <laughs> well, maybe if you'd move to Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> I do go to Manchester sometimes um, to work. Um, not as often as London, though. I I am really trying to get more people to move here <laughs> because I am always in London, even though I live here. I'm there every week, and it's really draining to be there all the time. I mean, but yeah, um, creatively, though, I feel like being here has really refreshed my brain. Um, I also... There is something in London that is different than here, which is you feel so, um, what's that term, babe? <laughs> what, what did we go to therapy for? <laughs> um, um, attachment, like, you know, you really have attachment issues when you're in London to your friends, 
and your friend groups. I mean, me, I did. Um, everything was FOMO, like, I need to be there and that and do that. And ever since I moved here, all of that problem went away. And literally, we lasted one more week in therapy. And I never had to go back because I didn't have those FOMO problems anymore. I didn't have to feel like, you know, I'm missing out on something or like my friends don't like me. Now I can literally stay home and I can just be like, right, no one's going to invite me anyways because I don't have friends here. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hi. <laughs> My question is, just a fun little one, if you had to listen to one song for the rest of your life, this is your alarm, this is the songs that play in the, in the shops, every single shop you go and you have one song to listen to for the rest of your life, which one would it be? My answer is the Grease Mega Mix. Thank you very much. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to go last. <laughs> I, know, I know mine. I absolutely know mine. Go on then. Song I listen to every single day, Danny Minogue, So Under Pressure. It's from 2007 and she dances with a white choice. snake. It's an incredible song. Like me on the plane to Spain when I was 12, doing it down the aisle. I know all the words and the dance. And she wore latex Go socks. On. On, no, I can't sing. Absolutely not. Do the dance and no, I'll sing it. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, mine will have to be my girlfriend's. Um, Gia Ford is her name. <laughs> um, I can't really name uh, a song. I don't know, babe. I love them all. Um, one of them. I, to be honest, that's all I listen to anyway. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a vast library of like music. But... Um, yeah, Gia Ford is always on repeat in my household. That's a really cute answer. It's because she lives there. <laughs> I feel so single. Um, mine would be a really emotional song that I've got a really deep, deep connection to. And it's called Starships by Nicki Minaj. <laughs> It is one of those songs where no matter what mood you're in, no matter how many days you've been crying in your bed, no matter how many days you've not had a shower, you've not brushed your teeth, yeah. you put starships on, you're getting out of that bed. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be the song that I would like to listen to on my feet. That is such a solid choice. <laughs> how come I kind of knew that was going to come out of your mouth anyway? <laughs> um, before anything, I am a bob. <laughs> Was that going to be your question as well? Go on then. <laughs> this is probably even stupider and I apologise if this <laughs> is the wrong audience, but are any of you on the side of TikTok with um, Noodles the Pug who <gasps> yes. dictates whether you're going to have a good day a based day. on whether he wakes up with bones day officially? I, I do believe it have is a bones today? day. I think no, it, is, it a is a bones day. day. Yes. <laughs> we don't get to find out till 5pm. We'll make him the cover for. <laughs> when it's being edited, just dub in the next sensation on TikTok. <laughs> no one will know. Um, yeah, so uh, anyone who doesn't know Noodles, Noodles is a, I think he's 13 or 14-year-old pug who 
Some mornings he wakes up with bones, and some mornings he wakes up with no bones. And it's just whether he decides to get out of bed or not. <laughs> if it's a no bones day, it's a bad day. And if it's a bones day, it's a good day. But the bones days are. Better. It's a good thing to dictate your life to because it's quite random. So you can decide if you want to do stuff that day, you can decide if you don't want to do stuff that day. Based on a 13 year old dog in America. <laughs> I'm still on that one where it's like that manifesting sound. What is it? It's like the sound where this, this like? woman goes like, use this sound and manifest. Like, and then you, you say what she's saying. And people save it in drafts. And apparently shit happens. Oh, no, I'm like on a ro- the repeat of Help, He's Escaping Dance. <laughs> and um, the Kiki Palmer with uh, Megan Thee Stallion. You know the one? Oh, I do. I've forgotten what it is. Oh, 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 oh you know... It's your girl. That one. The stallion. <laughs> it's the stallion. And someone put it to a piano oh, and it's just girl. the best thing in the world. And there's a longer version where he's like, Go on, then. Um, no. <laughs> she goes on to be like, because um, like, she asks if Megan's boyfriend's there. He's there. And he's like, no, he's at home. It's, just, it's incredible. Aww. That's where I am at. I'm trying to think. Mine's always like people making over Victorian houses that I'll never be able to afford. I'm like obsessed. <laughs> They're like ripping up the floorboards. I'm going, oh, I hope that they've got actual full like vintage yeah. floorboards they found a penny from 1871 i'm going that's that worth loads of money that under their carpet there's a swimming pool but there's also a secret room where people did drugs yeah and there's like one where they're like if i go into this hatch do you think there'll be a dead body in there no there wasn't like we took this pipe out and we got carbon monoxide poisoning <laughs> we opened this mushroom and everyone died if you have tiktok please don't renovate a house you don't know what you're doing <laughs> that's um Going to be my next TikTok project. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? Hello. Um, so obviously you guys are influencers. And I just would like to know, who actually influences you guys? Like, do you have a person? Do you have a designer? Is there a store? Is there a... Yes, yeah, sorry, it's a really difficult one. All the skinny models. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is it. Like, Mine's Kendall have... Jenner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bella is on there. Me. <laughs> It's so, t- like, there's just so many people, like, one of, like, my biggest, like, tracks of revenue is sharing content. So, like, loads of different people, like, from Bretman Rock to, like... Love, love Bretman Rock. Right? To, like, people that I just know and love that are, like, plus size. Like, um, Nicole Okran. She's just such a lovely person. She's mid-size, and she's one of the nicest people I've ever spoken to online. But, yeah, just, I think the best thing is if you think you're stuck on something, just go and follow loads of other accounts and find something else. It's best to have too much, and otherwise you get stuck on it, and then you begin to compare yourself. Yeah, I remember I made a rule a few years ago that I'm only following fat people from now on. Thank you. And it was um, <laughs> just you. <laughs> it's us. We're the only fat people on the internet, aren't we? Um, I don't know anyone else. Let me think. <laughs> I have seen Lizzo on TikTok a couple of times, but other than that, it's just... I have heard of her. (laughs) You might have heard of her. Yeah, she's a bit small, but, like, she is quite pretty. Sometimes I hear she might do... She does some singing as well on the side. Yeah, but it's not, like, her main job, is it? We'll keep that in. (laughs) Sorry, Lizzo, if you are listening, you rule my world. I love you so much. Thanks for crying. What about you, Melanie? Um, This is going to sound controversial, but I, I stopped actually following loads of people who do quite a bit of political content because I felt like my whole life was just being consumed by like my identity all the time and I don't really get to have fun 
and also a lot of shit online i you know what i don't agree with and i feel like i would like to have in real life conversations with people more than about like politics and um social issues rather than like dogpiling like online and literally a lot of stuff online is white noise almost to a sense where you don't really know if the person you're talking to is actually listening to you or not also it takes pressure away from me being like this asian girl creating content about being mixed and being asian like all the time which i feel like i've done quite a bit of and i would really like to you know i enjoy making content like that but it's not all of me i have so much more to give than just being this like asian lesbian so i've toned down that bit like quite a lot i've had to unfollow quite a lot of people because i start getting people in in my dms telling me like you need to unfollow this person because they're like you, you know like trying to cancel other people and i'm like okay but do you really think i'm that dumb and i'm really that unaware that i don't know what the fuck is going on in the world i don't really need people you know pointing fingers at each other and trying to get me on their sides to do that i have my own brain and my own person and i can think for myself and i feel like a lot of times words are just being put in my mouth like oh of course she's like this asian lesbian girl she probably thinks like this and does this and all of that and it goes on into like brand partnerships as well where they they want me to like talk about things and like um i've had like uh, a campaign i'm not gonna name who it is but they literally handed me a script where they were like okay talk about trans people i'm like i'm not fucking trans it's not my experience i can't talk about it and i will not talk about it because i i can tell you like what goes on it within like my realm my identity but to talk for someone else i think it's unfair why don't you just hire them rather than me i feel like the process of getting the jobs is where i have to go in and do some education because when like specifically with certain brands and they know who they are they'll come and be like so your demographics what are they male female and i'm like sweetheart no they're all trans they're all non-binary like I then have to go back in and like I actually now charge and I will go and I will do hour, hour and a half sessions and teach the staff and change their opinion because I'm in a position where I can deal with it. I can get over it. Like it's not a massive deal, but like there'll be someone that's still either transitioning or still really insecure about their identity. And that's going to really set them back like a year and a like year, year or two. But there's also like, I think it's really interesting what you said about like scaling stuff back. I think for me, I've realized that all I do is my identity. Like this face is my business and my identity. And I think for a while, I also struggled with it feeling like it was all I did, all I was as a person. But I think what I've realized because for trans and non-binary people, it's so militant in the press. Like it's so scary. It's like, if you actually open your eyes and look at what's going on, why would any of us bother? And I think what I realized is it's no longer for me. My co- my content doesn't have to make me happy. It doesn't have to uh, only be my agenda. It's now for my community. It's the people I serve and I'm putting myself out there for them. And like, that's m- what I can give back to the world. And I think it's sometimes, it's not like I've distanced myself, but it's it has a higher purpose than me now because I've had my trauma. I've had my damage. I've had my really difficult life. 
I don't want the next generation, the kids, I don't want them to have to go through it. So if I can just put me out there. So I guess my inspiration is me at Ben Peachy. You're mine as well. Well, let's wrap it up. Thank you both for coming here today, for appearing on the podcast, for being gorgeous. Thank you, me, for doing the same thing. And thank you, our audience, for coming today as well. Um, there's now a cake workshop and there's a little bar at the back if you would like to help yourself. That's what I was waiting for. Feels right, Thank you so much to our guests and to everyone that came. Thank you to Noonchi Cake for doing an amazing workshop and to Ace and Freak for providing us with drinks for the night. We will be back with a normal episode on Monday and then the following week, the London episode of the live podcast will be out, which I interviewed two amazing guests for. So we'll see you then. Bye.